Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. Nerdapalooza, the world's largest nerd music festival, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. I'm Billy D. Williams, and you're listening to The Nerdy Show. State of the Empire, Episode 6 or something. When last Nerdy Show assembled to discuss Star Wars, LucasArts and Star Wars The Clone Wars had fallen to the might of their new masters. Episode 7 was confirmed to be filming across the Atlantic in the kingdom of the pathetic Great Britain. And rumors of a television series called Star Wars Reclamation that would bridge the original and new trilogies had surfaced. It has been three months since Nerdy Show's last report. We join them now, locked in a secret nerdy show bunker, still looking for news in Alderaan places. Welcome to State of the Empire, Nerdy Show's Star Wars Speculation Podcast. Hi, I'm Cap. Hi, I'm Hex. Hey, I'm Doug. Hi, I'm Mark with a C. And I'm Matt. Oh my god, it's been, just like old Palpy said on that uh, <laughs> crawl, man, it's been, it's been a while and a lot of things have happened. We're sorry we've been away so long. It must have felt like waiting for Empire after A New Hope. It's like waiting for Life Day the day after. <laughs> it's a whole year away. <laughs> Obviously, a lot has changed. That Star Wars Reclamation thing, maybe that was real? But it, it ain't yeah, actually no. happening. Yeah, I had mixed feelings about it, so good riddance. That's really <laughs> like ultimately how I feel about it. But uh, but there's what there's the new thing. Now? But, yep, we got a new Star Wars animated series called Rebels, and the creative talent behind it is so good. Man, you got no arguments out of me. Right, I'm excited right. for this thing. What are the facts? What are the, who, who's definitely attached at this point? Um, there are so many facts attached to Rebels. It's great. We can report on like everything with a huge amount of certainty. <laughs> Well, that's a first. I know. <laughs> Rebels is a CGI animated series set between episodes three and four. It takes place in a time where the Empire is securing its grip on the galaxy and hunting down the last of the Jedi Knights as a fledgling rebellion against the Empire is taking shape. And the entire look of the show is influenced by unused concept art from Ralph McQuarrie. The show is produced by Dave Filoni, who's the brains behind Star Wars The Clone Wars, and Greg Weissman, most importantly, Greg fucking Weissman, the creator of Disney's Gargoyles, and the half of the brain trust behind Young Justice. Ooh. Yeah, I'm kind of crazy excited about that last bit. Greg Wiseman does amazing things. However, 
It also makes me fear that it'll go for one and a half seasons. <laughs> and then we'll never like, hear from I, it I again. I saw an interview with, with Dave Filoni the other day where, I mean, the, the way he talks about Greg is like this like reverent father that he looks up to. You know, he was talking about gargoyles and everything like this. This, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, I, I got a chance to meet Greg Weissman at Comic-Con recently. Obviously, he wasn't saying anything about Star Wars, but uh, he hosted a really great meetup. It was completely off the books for Comic-Con, but it was a, it was a meetup he tweeted about in a park outside of comic-con where he met up with fans and like the whole creative team came out peter david was there the voice actors were there it was incredible he's a real sweet guy hopefully he'll be on the show to talk about some stuff later on in the future um (laughs) (laughs) and uh the other talent attached to it so far is simon kinberg who is the screenwriter for x-men first class and he's one of the guys who one of the star wars spinoff films has been handed to He's going to be writing the first one-hour special episode. Interesting. Also, many key players from Clone Wars are involved in the production. It's going to be launched as this one-hour special on Disney Channel before moving to Disney XD in fall 2014. Is it rumor or is it confirmed? Because last I heard was just a rumor that there might be some characters from the Clone Wars showing up on in the show. That is just a rumor, but... It's a pretty good bet that there could be because, oh my God, there's so much, so much stuff. Hold on. It's not bad. (laughs) It's not universally bad. The Clone Wars was a very mixed show at best, Mm -hmm. but there were some cool characters that came out of it. And, Mm -hmm. uh, Filoni has a lot of emotional stake in that. So he might get, get the chance to actually tie up some plot threads. He didn't get to conclude since the show was unceremoniously canceled. Yeah. And those fans need some resolution. It's true. And and arguably those, those original characters are some of the strongest aspects of Clone Wars. And are you telling me you really don't want to see an Asaka death scene? Well, that's the thing. Well, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I'm just saying like, but if they're going to do like they did with the justice league and they tied up Batman beyond in that one episode, like if they do that, that would be really cool. Like, take an episode of the new one where it's just like a flashback saying, oh, we never told you how the Clone Wars ended, and then, oh, then then whatever. But if it's just, like, straight up... So, if she just shows up as, like, a Jedi who's just survived the entire time... I mean, she's not a bad character. I got nothing against her, but it's just like... So, Yoda was wrong that, that Luke's the last Jedi. No, you no, know, I like, mean, I see it as, like, this is between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, meaning... Jedi are still being hunted down. So wait, so is it during that time period? Yeah, it is. That's that's exactly yeah. what I what I just said. It takes place between episodes three and four, and it in the actual press release description, hunting down the last of the Jedi Knights. Okay, because when I first read about it, they didn't say that, and they were just showing the Ralph McQuarrie art, and it looked like very post New Hope sort of things or whatever, and they're showing the ship designs, and I'm like, okay, this is good. I'm not going to get too excited until I hear more about it or whatever. So that helps, but yeah. So if you're going to get an Ahsoka death scene, that would be cool. I'm not. I'm not trying to sound like i hate the character i'm not i don't want to see her die but you know for the sake of I mean, continuity I, uh she died sometime someone killed her probably it must have and toward, in the last season of clone wars there was actually a pretty good arc in which um ahsoka was actually kind of overseeing a, a rebellion movement on a separatist world i think it was Onderon, and that would kind of play in very well if she was sort of this early rebel leader Hmm. It would actually kind of make sense with the character, too. And, and they've done some pretty decent things. I mean, the Starkiller stuff started off well with this sort of like Jedi, but not a Jedi thing. Right. You know, force users before A New Hope. They just got to die before A New Hope starts. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's ultimately how I feel. I'm like, look, you know, it's fun. It's great. But, you know, but 
By the time we get to a new hope, they got to be dead. Like it, it mm-hmm. just as soon as you make Luke not the last Jedi and Yoda's wrong about that whole thing, then it's like suddenly it doesn't seem as important that he wins. Because like even Yoda was like, no, we haven't lost all hope. There's another. But they're like, oh, that another was actually Ahsoka hiding on another planet. I'll be like, God damn it. That's not what he meant. <laughs> we know it. Don't don't lie to us. We know yeah. what he was talking about. <laughs> OK, can I be the crotchety guy on the other end of the room watching everyone be somewhat excited? about this and then slowly raise my hand and go wait a second am i the only one who's totally sick of all of the star wars animated stuff being so deathly serious now maybe this is just coming from a place of i'm really sad that it seems that this show is going to take the place of what we were going to get with detours Hmm. but ultimately when i think star wars animation you know, I'm still stuck on droids to <laughs> some extent Ewoks, but you know, they were there when I was growing up and I want that side to be a little bit more fun, a little bit more irreverent and a little less clinical looking with the CGI animation. To say that you're stuck on droids and Ewoks, I think it's more like stuck on you like a bad stench. Because <laughs> like, I, I, I didn't grow up watching them, but when I did finally see them, I'm just like, oh man, I didn't. Well, I they, they did at, at Celebration Europe, they had a line of uh, droid and Ewoks clothing, so they're embracing it. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, so it's great. You know, that makes me wonder if they are going to kind of head well, back. Well, here, way. the thing that makes me uh, really confident about this show being a quality show is the fact that Greg Weissman. Dude fucking gets it. He's written some shows that, while being very serious, dynamic, dramatic children's television, also contain some of the most lifelike and funny, charming characters. I mean, both Young Justice and Gargoyles are filled with tense moments that are unique to young adult television, but at Mm. the same time, like really funny moments, like really amazing characters that you love in a really emotional way. And uh, no one feels like a cardboard cutout. Yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. It's fun, quality television. But I definitely got to echo Mark's sentiment. Like, I'm really sad that detours is basically dead in the water that was something i was really looking forward to i, mean, I, I was gonna well, I, a, I was looking forward to it too but i mean you got robot chicken you got family guy and you got all the different spoof and all the different other things that are trying to make light you know of star wars which is great i'm glad we have them but the guys who behind robot chicken are doing another well, spin I mean, on it like the, the spin on it wasn't a hey, let's make fun of Star Wars. Right. It was, hey, we're going to make jokes in a Star Wars setting. Right. I feel confident that Detours isn't dead. Yeah, I, like, I really I, do. Again, it's, like I said, I remember saying, well, why don't they just release it on DVD? Even if it does die and there's a pilot out there or even several episodes out there somewhere, it's going to surface at some point because, you know, it, it was a passion project for those involved. So are they really going to just throw it out? You know, I, or th- is it gonna- I think it's more a matter of like Disney has been so strategic and clinical about how they handle the release things. You know, I mean, they, they did cancel Clone Wars unceremoniously. They really did. But I think it's because they're guarding themselves. And, you know, should detours come out? Oh, yeah, they really should just get over it and put detours out when it was ready to come out. That said... I'm sure that they're looking for an opportunity to release detours because they've seen how successful Star Wars spoofs are. And if they have their own Star Wars spoof, you best believe they're going to put it out. Right. I guess what I was uh, saying to be a bit more specific about it is that I'm sort of starting to miss there being really fun things in Star Wars canon. In the original trilogy and some of the things that were sanctioned by the powers that be, there was a lot of irreverence and a lot of fun. And it seems like now almost everything that's official Star Wars like this is definitely important. This matters. This is part of an arc 
is so incredibly serious, and the only thing that's really going to bring a smile to your face is a droid saying poodoo. Even the Tartakovsky Clone Wars is kind of serious. I think that we can look forward to, with this new show, something that's very true to the first three films. That's Disney's goal. They're like, we know what works. Everybody's sick of everything that's been happening so far. George Lucas went off the rails. No one wanted that stuff. You know, Han Solo and Chewbacca, they were serious guys. They were fucking smugglers. They're funny together. Hmm. Luke's a dumb kid. That's funny. Leia's kind of a snarky bitch sometimes. That's funny. Throw them all on a Millennium Falcon, shake it up, and you get a nice cocktail of comedy, I, basically. I, I, like, I honestly <laughs> think that's what we're going to get. I really do. I'm very right, hopeful. I'll, I'll soften my stance. I'll wait and see. Ultimately, that's the safest bet. Because then you could, if you just say, well, I'm going to remain silent and wait and see, then if it ends up going bad, be like, I knew it. I just didn't say anything because I didn't want to sound like a jerk. <laughs> but it's on the record. I already yeah. said it at yeah. least once. <laughs> at the very least, this show could be really, really gorgeous because the concept art that's been shown so far, there's a little bit of it online. Star Wars Celebration Europe got a first look. We've seen a rebel ship called the Ghost, which is a cross between a B-17 and the Falcon. We've seen classic TIE fighters. And also a ship design predating the modern Star Destroyer, some kind of a cross between a Star Destroyer and a sort of an Enterprise Star Trek class vehicle, sort of. Also some uh, interesting, like, scenic battle concept art. And uh, Filoni said that the character design, which has not yet been revealed, is actually inspired by Hayao Miyazaki. Hmm. Ooh. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. I'm just anxious for something, whether it's a game or a comic book or, or a show or whatever... Something that just feels like a new breath of fresh air. Something that won't necessarily erase other things, but like the last time that I, that I experienced anything Star Wars related that felt different was when I played Knights of the Old Republic, mm-hmm. like the original. That felt like, wow, this feels such a classic Star Wars thing, but it's new and in a different time and there's different robots and different things. And I mean, I experienced it for the first time, whereas everything else since then has been like Clone Wars is a great thing but it's it's just prequels it's just it's it's in that it's in the same time period it's in the same thing as the prequels it felt like an extension of the prequels knights of the old republic felt like its own kind of time period and of course classic trilogy feels like its own kind of time period ties in with those comic books and extended universe novels of that time i kind of want i'm not saying we got to go a thousand years in the past or a thousand years in the future but just something that like if this show can give a different feeling or reinvigorate that classic feeling that's all I'm really looking forward to. Hmm. There's a video online from Celebration Europe featuring Filoni being interviewed by Warwick Davis and uh, also hanging out with a bunch of crazy looking Macquarie inspired 501st stormtroopers. Oh, yeah, they, like they got swords and stuff, too. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. They look awesome. <laughs> um, I, th- I think we're going to get a lot of Macquarie influence in Star Wars just for a while now. It seems to be Disney's really big on it. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm like, I thought I was the only person who liked this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they're, they're nuts over it. And uh, in this interview, Filoni promised Wark a voice role in the series. He said he was actually looking for something for him for all of Clone Wars and never found the right role. And he he looked really like honest. Like, no, seriously, man, I really want to get you in the show. I just got to find the right character. I know the right character. Oh, it's playing Willow. It's it's (laughs) making that canon in the Star Wars universe. (laughs) Well, Davis went on to say that he's actually, if you can believe this, in his entire like huge career, never voiced anything for animation before. Hmm. How is that possible? And I know how it's possible because he was robbed (laughs) because (laughs) because the the fucking Willow animated series in the 1980s never happened. Oh, yeah. Damn. 
<laughs> maybe it was for the best maybe yeah. you just sent her i'm just saying i'm we, we, no, no one knows that's that's no the, knows. the answer uh, anyway. but really how many different ways can you animate warwick davis yelling mad martigan <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't uh, even have to show up half the time they well, can just sample it you animate it once and then you use it again and again and as i'm sure they would have <laughs> anyway the next celebration is going to be at the anaheim convention center in april 2015 the 16th through the 19th if all goes well and we're still around Hopefully some representation from State of the Empire will be there right before the release of Episode 7. And Exciting. hopefully hoverboards will finally <laughs> be made available for 2015. So, Episode yeah. 7 then. There's a lot of rumors. Yeah. And it's hard to separate if there's any validity to one more so than the other. Because I've heard, I've heard some crazy rumors. I've read some not-so-crazy rumors. I've read rumors that try to bridge the two and say this is what's really going on. I don't know. What do we want to discuss first? Well, I've got a weird thing. Uh-huh. How about a possible name for the film? Oh, like a title? Yeah. Okay. Like uh-huh. episode seven, the something something. Okay. 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 So this is, this comes I from. I think re- that's good. Let's go with it. <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> episode seven, three dollar signs in a row. <laughs> <laughs> the search for more money. <laughs> Tony from Nerdy Show put us on to a 2008 book called Rogue Leaders, the story of LucasArts which I think should probably be expanded and reissued now that that story has ended. Yeah. In the back of this book, there's a gallery of a bunch of logos for different properties. We can assume that much like everything else developed through LucasArts, you know, George was working on Star Wars expansion material for years. We know about Star Wars Underground, Star Wars 1313, all the things that came out of that. We know that there's Bible upon Bible of unreleased George Lucas stuff from all the, the Willow television series prototype stuff to everything that didn't happen in Young Indiana Jones. We know there's tons of it. So any of these things could be representative of something that was intended to come, and in fact, we could see in our own future. So there were titles like Rogue Jedi, Star Wars Jedi Rebel, Star Wars Jedi Outlaw, and a bunch of things that are the same words over and over again. Yeah, the same like eight keywords recycled over and over again. Rebel Outlaw. Jedi Rebel, Jedi Outlaw. (laughs) (laughs) But more telling, there's Star Wars Jedi Knight 3, Brink of Darkness... Hmm. which never happened star wars rise of the rebellion which has a very similar look to it to the new star wars rebels logo hmm and uh star wars underworld which as we know was almost a thing was almost a live action television series and star wars episode seven shadows of the sith Hmm. i don't know what it was but whatever it was was actually being worked on at LucasArts at one point in time, and that was a title. Interesting. So, so this is a, a portfolio of finished prototype logos mm-hmm. in the back of a book about LucasArts. I think we talked about this last time. How long was Lucas talking about for sure doing the sequel uh, trilogy? He had been mentioning episode like seven. he mentioned it since like the eighties. But I mean, like when in recent history was he like? No, it's official. We're really going to go forward with it. Like we're, we're really in, in recent it. history, he's he denied it quite a bit. Right. Um. Off and on to the point of saying there was never an episode seven, which right. is counter to whatever whatever he said. So back at that the, point, he might just be going, "Oh, I can't say anything." Right. For something as big as the title of the next Star Wars, which in public hadn't been announced, and Lucas was still owning Lucasfilm. Would they have let that slip? Like, would they have let put that in the book? Sure, if it was going to be a video game instead of a movie. Hmm, that's a good point. That's Ooh. an interesting, much like the the Ghostbusters video game, right? Exactly, as the unofficial part three to the thing. That would hmm, that would have been a pretty gutsy move. I'm just saying, if it's not called Shadows of the Sith, 
that could be and is likely to be mm-hmm. the overall plot of this film. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Mm-hmm. That's my theory. Huh. That, that would have been a bold. <laughs> right? Either way, it's it's the best title since Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> like Revenge of the Sith. It was just a play off of Return of the Jedi. We, we, you all know it's State of the Empire. Mm-hmm. I'll have to explain that shit. <laughs> you know why you're here. I'm not yeah, talking yeah, yeah. to plebeians here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so I don't know. And like in Attack of the Clones, you know, it's whatever. You know, it's fine. Whatever. Phantom Menace. Who's the menace? I don't know. It's Palpatine, but you wouldn't know it. It's stupid. already yeah, already. It's no good. But Shadows of the Sith. It's like, does he literally mean a shadow of someone standing there? It's like, no, dude, no, it's obvious. <laughs> but either uh, way, it, the, the Phantom Menace that was grabbed from a, I believe, a Phantom comic book from way back in the day, and then Attack of the Clones. There was in that same series was Attack of the Phantom. So like, huh. there was sort of this assumed, you know, naming convention for the prequels that he decided to not use for Revenge of the Sith. Out of the three, I think Revenge of the Sith was probably the better one because at least it tried to harken back to the original trilogy yes. in some way. Mm-hmm. But maybe if instead of just taking the titles, maybe he just took the plot line of whatever he liked. Maybe that would have made a better. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I think that the whitest kids, you know, suggested the best oh, yeah. possible episode seven title. Oh, thank you for I'm bringing that up. <laughs> I believe it was episode seven. R2-D2 fights a lava snake and Boba Fett flies into the sun. <laughs> How is that not the movie you want to see? I think that is precisely the movie I want to see. That sounds like at least the subplot for episode seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that and here's the thing. So there's that, and there's like everyone saw the Patton Oswalt, his uh filibuster pitch for episode seven. Mm-hmm. We had the Whitest Kid You Know did that way before. And Cap, you posted the links to the guy who was talking about his his takes on episode one and two. I feel like ever since Red Letter Media did their thing, there's been a whole subculture of people who are now using the internet as a voice to say, well, if I did Star Wars, this is how it would have been. And this is how it should be. Is there a name for this thing? Or like, a, a, other than, I don't want to say just like I, it's opinion. Revi- revisionist history. Revision, there you go. Revisionist history or whatever, as a way of putting it or whatever. There's been a lot a of revisionist those. fandom. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That, that'll work. Uh, maybe, maybe we'd have to save it for another state of the empire, but one of these, I'd like to go into the, I don't want to say ethics, but. An exploration of all yeah. the people who've. Uh, because is it you know voice I mean, these opinions we, we can criticize what we'd like and don't like about the prequels but ultimately when do you cross the line when you're like oh i'm just gonna rewrite this is what i think episode one should have been and this is everything else i mean it's fine it's, it's all for entertainment i you mean know? even even mike had his whole thing of how episode six should have been yeah um something we never got to do with mike before he died was uh was a series called if mike did it right where he was providing alternate continuity things for he was going to redo return of the jedi was one of it was the thing he initially where basically was talking instead about. of going endor they go to kashyyyk that's right. where the death star is because that makes more sense yeah. and, well because it didn't he even say in the original uh version he wanted it to be kashyyyk like he wanted it to be wookies but then he thought well i'll cut them in half and make them ewoks i, so I need something cute yeah. Well, something you know, cute. They well, the cute. Empire was really dark and scary, so you gotta get something about that. <laughs> anyway, let's 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 hop back to episode seven. But yeah, we'll we'll pick this up mm-hmm. in, the, in the near future. What we do know uh, is at uh, celebration, Kathleen Kennedy said, "We have an amazing team at ILM who can create fantastic effects. But if we don't have a great story and characters, the effects mean nothing." Can Inter- I just start the slow clap right now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will chime in on that one. Young George Lucas said the same thing, though. Mm-hmm. He said it, he's on the record, saying it before. Yeah. 
Uh, when asked about the integration of more practical effects, she responded, It's a conversation we're having all the time in the development for Episode 7, looking at all the Star Wars movies and getting a feel for what even some of the early films did, combining real locations and special effects, that's something we're looking very seriously at. It's using model makers, it's using real droids, it's taking advantage of artwork you can actually touch and feel, and we want to do that in combination with CG effects. We figure that's what will make it real. Oh, Kathleen hmm. Kennedy. If all that's legit, then we're going to see... Oh, how naive. We're going to see the Star Wars <laughs> we want to see, as far as, like, you know, visually speaking. Young fool. <laughs> Only now will you see. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and here's another thing. Episode 7 may be filming right now. Yeah, now, that's the thing, like, to me, that would suggest more, like, pickup shots and background shots, sure. plates and stuff like that, which is still pretty freaking cool if they're, if they're actually going through with it. Because I remember they did the same thing. I remember reading uh, way back when they're like, The Dark Knight, the sequel to Batman Begins, is now filming in Chicago. Here's some footage. And I'm like, oh, oh, am I going to see Christian Bale in a bat suit? And it was just like, it was just a camera on that zip line for the opening sequence, you know, it was just a camera on a zip line. And I'm like... What the hell is this? Where's Batman? You know, it's like so. I don't. I just. I just don't want to get too excited. Well, I mean, before. even the, all the way back to Return of the Jedi, they did. They went out of their way to obfuscate where they were filming and what they, when they. Yeah. Were. Well, and they have done that this time as well. They got the name or whatever. But in the age of the internet, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did not work. There's a very good likelihood that the production name for Episode Seven, uh, filming in uh, Hammersmith, London, is uh, Foodles Productions Limited. Foodles. Foodles, foodles and foodles of fun it's a company registered uh to the disney headquarters in hammersmith so it, it's the right timing it's very likely uh that's where pinewood that, is it's either that or disney did some very clever things to really push their foodles department <laughs> <laughs> it's like this, this guerrilla marketing for foodles is what this is yeah, <laughs> it's like oh is it star wars i gotta watch this very intently very intently <laughs> somewhat related to the episode seven i did read an article uh on empire that Joss Whedon says that he had expresses regret for turning down the chance to direct episode seven. What? Wow, okay. This is what he says. Um, there was a moment of Rue that I was already committed. I'm not going to lie. Who doesn't want to do that as a kid? <laughs> However, the filmmaker thinks that the new Star Wars film is in safe hands with Star Trek Into Darkness's director, J.J. Abrams, <laughs> who has been confirmed as George Lucas's successor. He added to Empire Magazine, I think they got the right guy. So just knowing that, that I'm going to be able to enjoy the film when it comes out is great. It's going to be great, and I don't have to do any of the work. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a pretty, pretty humble and well said. Yeah. I'll say. Yeah. But, but that definitely conflicts with some of the things where it's like, oh, no, we always wanted J.J. Abrams, and he's like our number one guy, and we couldn't get him. Oh, we don't know. But then Joss Whedon's like, well, hey, you asked me, and I said no. You know? So I'm like, so what's really going on? Is it maybe maybe because he did, J.J. did deny, he did turn them down at first, then they went to Joss Whedon, then they went back to him. Someday we'll get the whole story. But I think it's, it starts with him turning it down, and yeah, then it goes to... Yeah. And Joss Whedon heard about it, right. and Matthew Vaughn heard about it, and Guillermo del Toro heard about it. Yeah, because he got a phone call. Yeah. Now, this ties into one of the first slightly maybe crazy rumors regarding. Okay. The rumor is, one of the reasons that swayed J.J. to do it, besides money, I'm sure, was a personal appeal from Steven Spielberg. Okay. And this now, the thing that takes us into somewhat possible crazy territory is, uh, the rumor is that Spielberg says, hey, J.J., tell you what, I know you're feeling apprehensive. If you direct this film, I promise I'll direct one of the next ones. Oh, yeah. So there's yeah. not a lot of not a lot of facts to back that up, especially because he, Spielberg said, oh, that's not my genre. That's my friend George's genre. Right. But that was before. Right. So that was before anyone has signed on to it. So now the rumor is JJ says no. 
So this is what it sounds like. This, I mean, again, this is this is complete interpretation. This is all speculation, but that's what the, this freaking podcast is about. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be so far. If this rumor is to be believed, they approach JJ. JJ says no. They approach Gimel de Toro. He says no. They approach Joss Whedon. He says, I'm sorry, I'm busy doing the Avengers. And then Kathleen Kennedy's like, Stephen, what the hell? Everyone says no. And Stephen's like, JJ said no. Hold on. Phone call. JJ, come on, you got to do it. No, I don't really want it. I'm, you know, whatever. Star Trek, you know? And he's like, hey, man, fucking Star Wars, dude. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. And then Spielberg's like, all right, tell you what, you do it. I promise I'll do one of the other ones because they're kind of buddy buddy, kind of. And he's like, okay, fine. <laughs> and now this is where we are. Apparently, apparently, if, if you're reading into the, these crazy, crazy ass. I really like that the, the way in your headcanon how JJ Abrams says, yes, I'll do this movie is okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> and Spielberg's like, what the fuck's wrong with you, dude? Come on, man. Man up. Come on. Man up. Come on. Man up. This is Star Wars. <laughs> but yeah, that was the, 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 the timing seemed right, is, is what I was saying. So there's, I don't know. I don't know if, if you know, because there's another article that I read uh, that went to the detail of from JJ's perspective and Kathleen Kennedy's perspective and how, how the deal went down. She actually had to go meet with him in person, mm-hmm. and in that deal they were talking, and he got excited, she got excited, then they both agreed that they, should, that they should make it or whatever. So whether or not, I'm not saying Spielberg made a phone call and the deal was signed, but maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe, maybe that was just complete fabrication and he didn't make a phone call at to all. To be honest, know. if I was on the fence on something and Steven Spielberg called me and said, bro, do it, I would do it. Right. That's exactly what I was going to say. You know, if I'm going back and forth between, you know, should I start a gluten free diet? And then all of a sudden my cell phone and, you know, Spielberg. Hey, Mark, if you'll stop eating gluten, so will I. I'm like, well, shit, I got to keep Steven Spielberg alive. (laughs) (laughs) The choice is clear. (laughs) It's true. Here's the other crazy thing. There was another rumor that J.J. is going to quit Star Trek because he's doing Star Wars. Right. Which yeah. is, I mean, uh, Paramount said, you know, no, but, right, but right. I mean, he's, he's kind of got to, his hands are tied. Have they announced a date for the new Star Trek? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either because they're probably not even a script yet, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Uh, there so, was barely for the last one. And, and, and Carl <laughs> Urban's not happy. Yeah, not that was the other thing too. Direction. What Carl Urban said is, what I really believe we should do now is strive for originality because in Star Trek Into Darkness, we took one of the most revered and loved adversaries of the Enterprise and put him in there and did a story that all these wonderful nods to the films from the past and episodes from the past. I really think that what we should do from here, in my personal opinion, is strive to be original, strive to be something different and new. You know, let's not forget that Star Trek as envisioned was about space exploration, and it'd be really wonderful to harness the spirit of that and apply it to the next film so that we do something different than a revenge-based picture. (laughs) (laughs) I love him. (laughs) I told you! Yeah! The whole petition online to do a new Dread film and everything, I'm like, this guy guy is pretty freaking cool. I don't know, I'm... Watch following him very closely. <laughs> uh, Zachary Quinto, who plays Spock in, you know, in the, the new reboot, recently said that the threequel will begin shooting next year, with J.J. Abrams likely directing. With Abrams set to film Star Wars Episode Seven in early 2014, the two film schedules might easily clash. While he's helming Star Trek Three is still questionable, uh, Orky, one of the writers, is surprised to see Quinto's comments on the matter. And he says, I'd love to have J.J. back. We're still talking to Paramount about what the scheduling might be, and if we can all do it together again. But yeah, I read that too and was like, whoa, does Quinto know something that I don't? I'd better call him. He owes me a call. It was previously reported that Paramount is targeting a 2016 release date for the film to commemorate the franchise's 50th anniversary. 
But Disney plans to release Star Wars Episode 7 in 2015. And there's also reports about uh, the reason that J.J. has left Star Trek is because he and Bad Robot, his whole company, were promised that they could have some sort of oversight on Star Trek as a full transmedia property, television shows, spinoffs, online components, and all that. However, the fact is Paramount owns the movie rights to Star Trek, and CBS still owns the television rights Mm -hmm. to Star Trek. So this is a rumor. Bad Robot requested that CBS tone down or stop their creation of merchandise based on the original series because confusing the Shatner Star Trek with the new Star Trek. Because everybody it, was doing that anyway. Right. Like, made it, made it hard for them to, to market the new Star Trek. And CBS said, no, no, absolutely not. Which just created this whole, like, basically Abrams thought he was getting one thing, got another thing entirely. He's obviously not going to get that with Star Wars because, oh my God, Disney. Like, they are oh, the overseers. They might be all under one house, but that it still doesn't mean that J.J. Abrams has been given the keys to Star Wars because he hasn't. Right, right, right. But at least maybe he could think, well, at least this is fun and different and not that I, I started doing something I thought I could do and now well, I can't again, do it. Because again, he always goes back to saying that he grew up loving Star Wars. It's right. like, that's the thing that he liked. He didn't really know much about Star Trek. So for him, Star Trek was probably like just another job and he's, he made it into something that he liked. Wait. Whereas this is something that he's... Star Wars, he's been a Star Wars fan, so I can see him not wanting to really meddle with it as much uh, as something like Star Trek. Giving J.J. Abrams Star Trek is like giving me Doctor Who. Like, I would remake Doctor Who to something that I like, and hopefully others would like it, but Doctor Who fans would probably hate it. So I (laughs) I, I think that's kind of what happened with J.J. with Star Trek. You know, I... I'm really interested to hear about your Doctor Who reboot now. Not now. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. Oh, also, I, I'm really um, this is a good time to mention Stay the Empire listeners. If you're not familiar with um, Nerdy Show Live, uh, Doug did a little segment that we'll link to on this episode's page called um, <laughs> Hard Truth with Doug uh, on the subject of uh, why uh, Jar Jar is a better character than Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. So uh, you may want to check that out. And then reevaluate your personal opinions about Doug. Should I should I should I let them in on, on the hard truth about hard truths? Uh, you may as well, because if I mean, I assume they'll watch it and they'll get it. But. Yeah. Uh, the the hard truth about hard truths is that it's complete bullshit. <laughs> it's like that I do not believe it for a moment, and uh, the argument is a cherry picked argument for the purposes of of trolling the audience. <laughs> but it had a good effect. It, yeah. it was good because it, it's, it, it's a good argument. I think it's very a very sound argument. Well, that, that's that's the it's a sound argument. Now, if I were going to do my own rebuttal right here, right now, you'd be like, "Oh, that other dog was full of shit." I'm like, yeah, I know because <laughs> I planned it that way. It's not a good argument at all. There's holes the size of where Alderaan used to be. Is how big this thing is. <laughs> so, um, Mark, uh, you were telling me about a track you wanted to play. Yes, it's by the Rebel forest band they were a one-off group in the 1980s they made a standard length album full of star wars tribute tracks and of course it wasn't it wasn't terribly easy to track down a bunch of star wars information so a lot of these tunes they sort of exist in that universe where what can you get a wookie for christmas exists things that (laughs) even the most basic entry-level star wars fan will enjoy and i've got a track from their album called living in these star wars called Respirator for Darth Vader. I am so excited to hear this. Oh, 
Okay, more episode seven stuff real quick. John Williams is not a done deal, but he and JJ have talked mano y mano about it. John Williams was interviewed on the subject recently, and he said a bunch of nice things. And um, he generally sounds really enthusiastic about the opportunity to score Star Wars once again. But as we said in previous episodes, dude's old. Really hope he has an understudy. Really hope that there's someone who's prepared to take his work just in case anything should happen to him. Dude is seriously old. How old is he? Uh, he's so old he scored the first Star Wars oh <laughs> there has I think it gone. all comes back to the whitest kids you know where they were showing John Williams as he's trying to score songs and it's just sort of him laying in bed going ah I've got it and then blurting out bum 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 and then yelling at his wife for not grabbing a pen and writing down you know bum 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 but emphasizing <laughs> the bum <laughs> So, um, casting, there's yeah. been a lot of weird casting stuff. On June 19th, a casting breakdown leaked online, which by all accounts appears to be 100% real. They are looking for a young man, early 20s, not classically handsome. He's witty and smart, physically fit. Man, late 20s, physically fit, handsome and confident. Young woman, late teens, physically fit, independent and with a great sense of humor. Young woman number two, late teens, tough, smart, physically fit. Man in 40s, physically fit, military type. Man, 30s-ish, unintellectual. Man, 65 to 75, tough and independent. And that is what we know about new characters for Star Wars. I bet you they're all going to be white, too. Well, I, I, think that's the, I think that's the unwritten one at the end. I don't know. I'm just guessing. It's Disney, and it's, it, I don't know. Maybe probably maybe Zoe Saldana will get one of the young women. There were, some, there were some interesting people in the background of all the pretty people in Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. Laura was still black. <laughs> that's true. But if they change that, they'd be crucified. Yeah, well. 
But they did add a nice, pretty white blonde girl in the second movie, just in case. Well, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, Moret, more. How do you say that? Hit girl. So that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> anyway, yes, yes, Hit Girl. Um, when Matthew Vaughn was uh, expected to direct episode seven, rumor was that he pitched a female-centric story with her as the lead. However, she was interviewed about that recently, kind of dodged it a bit, and just simply said, it's Star Wars. I'd kill to be a part of the franchise, but I don't know. And then offered to give JJ her phone number so he could text her. <laughs> We're talking about Star Wars casting or whatever. Someone was talking to Mark Hamill about, you know, if there's any more news about a Star Wars 7. And this, this is what he had to say. He said, we want this to happen. How could I not want to take this ride? They're all making the right moves. Like Michael Arndt is a writer. Little Miss Sunshine. Toy Story 3. He writes humor and he writes heart. I'm not someone who looks to recapture the glory of when I was in my 20s. I think it'll be probably be about the next generation. We'll be the link to the past, but the kids will be doing all the heavy lifting. And the Wookiee will probably have a walker. <laughs> and he said, An imperial yeah, walker? It says, uh, Hamill, Hamill is up for it, even if he's no longer the teenage Luke. And Hamill then said, am I the same age that Sir Alec Guinness was in 1977? I don't want to do the math. <laughs> but I did. He's 61, and Alec Guinness was 63. <gasps> Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, dude. I think that's cool, though. I think that's cool, too, actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just can't wait to see Luke Skywalker, even if he's just going to be there to be like, all right, kids, now put your lightsabers away and take a knee. I'm going to tell you a quick story about uh, my master Yoda. I'd be like, oh, my, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> uh, so you guys know about how Latino Review, of all things, has been a pretty substantial leak source for things uh, this past yeah, year. Yeah. And uh, there's been a lot of stuff coming out of there and a lot of stuff that I personally think might be complete bullshit. Maybe we'll be proven wrong. I don't know. Here's what they reported. First, a weird little blurb. Allegedly, DiCaprio went into a Star Wars meeting, and he turned it down for Robotech. Hmm. Okay. What? <laughs> so apparently DiCaprio might be in a Robotech movie, so that's, that's what I took away from it. Cool. I'm into that. Okay. From that same source, he says there's two names being thrown around a lot with the meetings, and uh, those names are Ryan Gosling and Zac Efron. He was told specifically that Gosling went in for Luke Skywalker's son. Hmm. I don't know if the ages really match up there, though. I'm not uh, sure. I mean, granted, you said he's 61, so who knows? I don't know when Ryan Gosling was born. But it would just seem a little weird to give Luke Skywalker a son just flat out of nowhere when we haven't even met a wife yet, or like, if, 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 do we even know if Mara Jade's going to still be canon? You know, we don't. We like know. that's the thing. So it's like I'm trying to think of it. If Disney, in terms of thinking like the general public who doesn't follow the extended universe, we're going to start episode seven, and suddenly we're going to see middle-aged Luke hanging out at the Jedi Temple, and then next to him he's got middle-aged Mara Jade, and then like a full-grown adult son. A lot of people are going to be like, well, who the hell? What the hell? When did that happen? Why right. are we not? about that story I, i'd love to hear that story why yeah, can't i hear that yeah. story it's, it's not the most inconceivable thing because ryan gosling was born in 1980 making him 32 right now which means that he's three years younger than me and way more accomplished which is making me completely reevaluate my life <laughs> no mark don't go down that road but okay no wait no wait no, no, putting that if, wait, hey, someone do the math and take a best guess at how old luke skywalker is supposed to be during the events of return of the jedi I think he's 22, 23. In Jedi? In Jedi. Yeah, I think he was like 17, 18 in New Hope, and Jedi takes place four years after New Hope. So that means he had a baby after Jedi. Like immediately. Yeah. Like right away. Yeah, pretty quick. So he met Mara Jade, but the Mara Jade, or maybe it's not Mara Jade, maybe it's someone else. He met, he met a lovely lady. Pissing off the rest of the fans. Yeah. But that, that's the thing, man. It's like, so if, if you're going to piss mm. off the fans... 
but keep Marge. I don't know. It's it, uh, it, something about that seems a little weird. I will say as an expanded universe fan from the general consensus of like similar fans that I've been talking with on the Internet and various forums. I think the post Return of the Jedi universe is so fucked up right now that I think everybody's very interested in wiping it clean. Like mm-hmm. we all respect the best of it, the early stuff. But like, I think they're curious to really wipe it all. It's very interesting. They have specifically come out and said that it is not the Thrawn trilogy. Like, like yeah. on multiple occasions, they've they've mm-hmm. used that name and said, no, that that's that's not what it is. That ties into another one of these crazy rumors. That I've heard two rumors. One is that they want Darth Vader in it. And two is says, no, that rumor was bullshit. What they really want is completely original villains. First of all, the first line of this says that maybe this is bullshit. It says a insider with air quotes at Lucasfilm said it will still be an original story. We are not doing the Thrawn books as of right now. Admiral Thrawn will not be in the movie. That is not our focus. There will be original villains in the new film, and they will be based on early treatments from George Lucas. Yeah, it's believable. How about this shit, though? Older cast returning as ghosts. There have been multiple rumors about Ian McDiarmid, yeah, uh, who played Emperor Palpatine, returning as a ghost, a uh, Force ghost like Obi Wan. Man, Sith ghosts are not shit you want to fuck with. <laughs> and uh, the, the same source, saying. and this is again both from Latino Review, all from the same author. Uh, shortly thereafter, he said, "I've confirmed with three close sources that are on the project, and they all confirmed to me that Ewan McGregor would be back as a Force Ghost in the upcoming sequel trilogy." Now, I'm a little uncomfortable with the Palpatine Force Ghost, but another rumor that was tied to that rumor is maybe he's not playing a Force Ghost in Episode Seven, Eight, and Nine. Maybe he's playing straight up the Emperor. In one of the spinoff films that take place before he was killed. True. However, McDermott was interviewed at Celebration, which I feel completely debunks Latino Review, where he said straight up, I mean, it was a a lengthy interview where he was talking about things. Uh, He says, unfortunately, as you probably know, he died at the end of episode six. Uh, Vader sent him to Cosmic Hell, and he's not going to feature in any of the new Disney ones, I don't think. Hmm. And then he went on to, you know, say, on the other hand, they've got lots of exciting ideas for spinoffs and so on. So I suppose there's a possibility if we did something set between episode three and four. He's very much alive, so we could do it. But he clearly he doesn't really know much. He yeah. clearly had no idea, right, and, right. and he would have to have dodged that question for it to be. Yeah, you know, he was indulging it way too much. Also, on a fun note, he uh, he sung the praises of the uh, Darth Plagueis novel by uh, oh, so good James uh, Lucino, and um, he discussed how he was he'd uh, welcome seeing uh, Palpatine's tragic rise to evil on the screen. Ooh. On a similar fun note, Sam Jackson had more to say. Oh, <laughs> yeah. His interview on uh, the Graham Norton show. Mm-hmm. He said, I want to be in Star Wars. <laughs> JJ Star Wars. I mean, come on. Jedi fall from incredible heights and a lot of them live with one hand. I think I could handle it. And then, for those who don't know, George Lucas recently got married. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah, yeah. He, got, he got married. Um, a lot of people showed up. A lot of people were invited. Apparently, JJ was invited. He showed up. A lot of the old cast and stuff. Sam Jackson went, and this is what he had to say about attending, attending the wedding. He goes, JJ was there. I was there. I was like, raise his eyebrows. And then he was like, noncommittal shrug, and then just went about his business. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Harrison Ford was there too. He was like, shrug. I just think it would be cool to have some of us that people relate to as being part of the Star Wars franchise to give... You know, uh, new stuff to the characters uh, that they're going to bring into whatever the new thing is. It kind of makes it an easier entrance. So he's doing a personal quest championing to be in the new one. Clear. I just love the image of Sam Jackson, Harrison Ford, JJ at the punch bowl at a wedding of George <laughs> Lucas and just 
Sam Jackson non-verbally looking at JJ going, hmm? And JJ goes, eh. And then he looks at Harrison Ford and goes, huh? And Harrison Ford goes, eh. And then it's like, all right, just take a sip of the punch then and uh, hope for the best. So it's awesome that he wants to be involved. I, well, I mean, you got to think, he campaigned hard to be in the prequels and yeah. he got he probably a felt bum robbed. deal. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember, I remember before the third one came out, being like, oh man, I hope the third one just knocks it out of the park, you know, just being young myself and everything. And there was a uh, interview with Sam Jackson. I can't remember if it was like on the set of it or if it was promotional material, but Sa- Sam Jackson was like having a conversation with George Lucas because he knew that his character has to die at some point because he's, you know, there's all the Jedi are dead. And he goes, I just told George, I don't want to go out like no bitch. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you tell him, Sam Jackson. And then the third movie happens. And I'm like, that dude went out like a bitch. It's like, <laughs> like it just wasn't fair. <laughs> it wasn't anything like what I was wanting or expecting, but that doesn't, I don't know. Then we're going into yeah, the whole thing. You and everybody else, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, besides the returning, the possibly returning cast, I think the best thing they could do with their casting decisions is go completely unknown. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Because, you know, not to say that the folks in A New Hope, most of them hadn't worked. Before. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before, but they're mostly unfamiliar to all of the people that obsessed over it. And I think that was its real strong suit. And instead, we're going to get so mired down in expectations of what, you know, Ryan Gosling can or cannot bring to the role that we're going to cease to enjoy it as a film. I mean, not to say that the speculation podcast shouldn't talk about it. Don't get right. me wrong. <laughs> but I'm saying that I'm pleading with Disney to just find some unknowns. Yeah, no, I, I agree, Mark. I, I think that um, it makes sense. And I Disney so far, or at least their mouthpiece, Kathleen Kennedy, you know, she's had a really good attitude about everything. Mm-hmm. Like she gets it. She understands our problems. You know, I just want her to just lay me down in her arms. She's going to take it's It's OK. It's going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got I got one more thing about Star Wars Episode Seven. I'm kind of reluctant to bring it up, but hey, we're a speculation podcast, so that it bears mentioning. Mm, okay, well, we'll yeah. take it with a grain of salt. This then. could and take it with several because this. I, I the more time goes on, the more I think this is complete bullshit. Especially when I tell you what, what the source is. This was from a guy on Reddit. <laughs> yes. Uh. There's a guy on Reddit, he comes on there, he's like, oh my god, guys, guys, like, I've just heard, I've heard amazing spoilers about episode seven, and this is gonna be crazy, and I can't believe my luck. So he ran into his computer, and he, and he typed this out. I'm gonna read you, this, this, is, this is what he typed. He oh goes, boy. so, I was working one day here in New York City on a popular HBO show, and the main set designer, who's an uh, older, low-key gentleman, uh, struck up a conversation with me. He noticed my Star Wars tattoo, and changed the subject to episode seven. He said one of his best friends was currently working on the script with a few other writers. Quote, but I don't want to spoil anything for you, he said. 
Um, fuck it. Tell me everything you know. <laughs> he says, well, he's only told me two things, actually. One, the story revolves around Han and Leia's kids. Two, Darth Vader is back. I was confused by that last one. But wait, we saw him die and his body get burned. You saw a suit get burned. No, then we saw a four spirit Anakin appear at the end of Jedi. All I'm going to say is Darth Vader is back who's actually in the suit, is the big deal. So, there you have it. Take it with a grain of salt. This guy might have just been trolling me, but he seemed sincere. What do you think about Darth Vader coming back? Is it too much? Does it even make sense? I might also like to add that he said, Disney wants Vader back. Vader is a huge draw, and they obviously want to sell Darth Vader toys. That's the end of his post. Yeah, I, I had heard that, actually. Mm -hmm. Man, it's been so long since we did a State of the Empire, I'd totally forgotten about it. Yeah, it, it seems a little bullshitty. I don't oh, know. Especially with the part about, like, multiple writers. We know there's not multiple writers. Well, maybe this guy's friends with Simon Kinsberg. I don't know. Is he friends with Michael Arndt? I don't know. This is uh, anonymous Reddit craziness. But, like I said, if it ever ends up being true, then they're going to come back and point to this episode and be like, oh, they were stupid and not believe it. But whatever. That's, that's the way that that is. I can say that there's worse ways for the plot to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure Lucas has a couple of knocks. Because I, I love the, the whole concept in popular culture of some unknown kid picking up the mantle of a hero mm -hmm. and disguising as them. So it'd be equally as cool as some Sith is like, I got to make a name for myself. I know. I'll just take on the mantle of Vader and be badass. To, to prevent myself from launching into another thing where I, you know what I'd like to see in episode seven. <laughs> To prevent myself from doing that, I'll just say on that same episode we're talking about revisionist history, uh -huh. we'll, we'll have to air out what we want to see because uh, it's like I was going to totally go off on, 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 that, on that segment because it never related to something <laughs> we'll, exactly. We'll need, to, we'll need to try to do that yeah. one next if, if not, no huge bombshells like completely wrong. Oh, fuck. State of the Empire emergency. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it's, you know it's going to happen tomorrow. It's like that's the way. That's the luck of things. Um, <laughs> I, got, I got the script, guys. It says Michael Arndt and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I got it from a friend of a grandma from a friend. <laughs> he makes cookies for art. The only other uh, recent news that I have is uh, related to some of the video games. Yes. We'll start by saying we were at E3. We were at the EA conference and uh, they played a 30 second teaser of Star Wars Battlefront. Oh, man. That uh, teaser. It's uh, it's someone stumbling around in the surface of Hoth and the battles underway. There's not much to it. Everybody got excited. I got excited, too. Yeah. Uh, I thumbs like, up. The logo popped up. and I'm like, that's cool looking logo. Slick. All right. I just hope... Uh, I just hope it's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but my, the, the first thing I had was actually about DICE uh, was begging to do Battlefront. Like, they actually really wanted to do it. And when they heard, like, EA and Star Wars, like, you know, that it's all going to be coming together under one thing, they were like, oh, my God, like, when we were doing Battlefield, we, we were all Star Wars nerds. Like, this is perfect. Like, it's, it's coming home now. Don't you understand? Like, this is, like, Battlefront was inspired by Battlefield, but we did Battlefield, and we thought Star Wars was cool, so now it's going to all be under one roof. That's funny that there was a connection there. I, I, I always, like, thought, oh, it's so weird. They got similar names. <laughs> no, 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 man. What's, what's interesting, though, is it didn't end up with, like, DICE proper. It's DICE LA, which is the renamed studio that did the Medal of Honor reboot. Yeah, that is odd. It's very yeah. odd. Soderlund revealed that the DICE guys, Carl Magnus Trodison and Patrick Bach, were talking, and I told them that we were in dialogue with Disney over this deal, and they just looked at me and said, why haven't you spoken to us? What are you doing? We want to make Battlefront. DICE is a very particular place, and they are very proud of what they do, and you don't really tell them what to do. I didn't anticipate them <laughs> wanting to work on a license. They've always just been an, an, a new IP, their own IP. But they were just like, we would kill to make this game. And the whole studio just started talking about it, like, 
please give us this game. That's when I called Frank, uh, who's the EA labels boss, and then I realized that we had something here. If they want to do it that badly, then the game will be freaking awesome. We've got to figure it out. So we figured it out, and we got the game, and uh, it was simple. They begged to do it, and the opportunity was there, and that's exactly why you'll see a game that will be what it needs to be. That's, that's wonderful. When it comes to making an actual game, the approach that we're going to take is Rebirth of the Brand, with Star Wars Battlefront done the dice way. We've also had it confirmed that while EA is publishing most Star Wars games, as we speculated before, Disney has in fact reserved the rights to create online-based and mobile games. So it's not fully exclusive, but it is mostly. That move makes a lot of sense. There was something we didn't report on back in our uh, previous episode, and for good reason. It was a news article that went out on April 1st, and uh, it was completely ridiculous and totally funny, and we would have mentioned it just as an aside of, oh, this funny thing happened. It was 100% true. Oh. And they did it on April 1st on purpose to fuck with people. (laughs) Sons of bitches! Dark Horse Comics announced that they are adapting the Star Wars. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They are adapting George Lucas's earliest draft of the Star Wars films. I guess it's all it's all set in the timetables to conclude before their license expires. What, uh, what a great way to end it. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. They're working with J.W. Rensler, the executive editor at Lucas Books, and artist Mike Mayhew to adapt it all. And it's this, it's a story of the Jedi Anakin Starkiller and General Luke Skywalker, an alien named Han Solo, and evil Sith Knights. It starts September 4th. And it looks fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it looks like absolutely like nothing nothing that came to fruition on the screen right. well, that's why i'm excited to read it like that's yeah. why i'm like i really want to see like what could have been han solo the fucking like alien guy like yeah. a cross between swamp thing and chewbacca yeah <laughs> yeah uh, smell horrible <laughs> chewy in the swamp just the strange pitch that i mean this the marketing campaign you know they took out like an entire ad on like they talked about it on Sports Center on ESPN. I really? Did, I did hear that yeah. that happened. It's a crazy push. I mean, they want this to be huge. Way to double down on the whole. Uh, that's like that's like what Stephanie Meyer want to rewrite Twilight from the guy's perspective, just to sell the same books again. <laughs> what we, the hell? It's yeah. awful. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a, a dark horse was talking about the Sports Center thing like it happened just organically. I don't know if that's true or not. Well, I mean, they had they had graphics for it. I mean. You know, it was on-screen graphics, which I mean, I imagine... They I have, have graphics like for it, too. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, other than the comic, and we obviously we talked about Battlefront, Yeah, the uh, creator of Kingdom Hearts, Tetsuya Nomura, people asked him, like, you know, hey, King, you know, you did Kingdom Hearts, and now Kingdom Hearts and Disney, you know, you had Disney characters, but Disney owns Marvel, and Disney owns Star Wars, so you doing another game? You know, like, what's what, what's, uh-huh. what's the deal? And he said... Uh, of course it'd be great if we could add all those licenses as well but there are a lot of rules and restrictions by disney so we can't actually put in everything that people want so it's a quite difficult decision but we're going to prepare some surprises for you just wait for more information interesting that's surprisingly uh well he could just be leading everybody on but uh that i would not expect that response from him (laughs) the speculation right now is that they're going to try to add in more of those things that you wouldn't expect like a marvel like a star wars thing he didn't say yes one way or the other but he did was like oh it'd be great to include it but there's legal stuff so who knows at this point like who knows if it's going to be i mean that's the same thing they're saying about disney infinity you know yeah wouldn't it be nice but who knows yeah like we're we're talking like talking about deadpool running around with star wars characters and like all the in the infinity cartoonish world and shit like that like i don't know i I can't really see that happening but uh yeah i'm just saying infinity gauntlet you have the reality gem you can go wherever the fuck you want 
<laughs> yeah. It's called Disney Infinity, isn't it? We, there, are, there are rules that they have to play with, but um, here's where all the rules are breaking down. Do you guys know about the Phineas and Ferb stuff? Yeah. The, I, no, I don't. Phineas and Ferb, really popular Disney animated show. I see it everywhere. Not a huge fan. Uh, I've never even watched it. Really, really love Gravity Falls. Phineas and Ferb is, I feel like, a, a poor man's Eat the Cat. But yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, but I can I love Eat the Cat. No, Shut no, up. no. I'm not, <laughs> I am not talking down and Eat the Cat. Okay. I'm just defending Phineas and Ferb. Okay. I thought Eek the Cat was a poor man's Courage the Cowardly Dog. I thought Courage the Cowardly Dog sucked. <laughs> I think they all are worse than Lightning Dog. <laughs> yeah, I well. concur. <laughs> anyway. All right, who wants pie? Um, there, there's, there's a recent Mar- there was a recent Marvel Universe crossover with Phineas and Ferb, and it was confirmed that Phineas and Ferb are having a Star Wars crossover in 2014. Mm. Um, as weird as that is, the creators say that they're doing this event that takes place in tandem with A New Hope. They say, basically, all of A New Hope happens exactly the way it did, but we find that Phineas and Ferb are Luke's neighbors on Tatooine and uh, become embroiled in the adventure. So it, their story takes place in a slightly wider shot, and you see things that happen five minutes after a scene resolves in A New Hope. What is Phineas and Ferb? Like, is it, what, what type of, sh- like, what is it? it? It's two kids fucking around during the summer, and they have a platypus who's secretly a secret agent, and, and both the kids are, like, kind of geniuses. genius adventures. So they got a bunch of devices that they make. And they got, there's a, there's an evil scientist involved. It's whatever. So them, them being involved in Star Wars is like Family Guy being involved with Star Wars. Exactly. Okay, so whatever, yeah. Yeah, but it, it's odd, because it's like, Phineas and Ferb is a very popular show. I can't emphasize that enough. It is a hit so um, I never heard of it. Uh, it they, it's a good show. They are, they <laughs> are more than willing to bend realities just because the poor man's some, cat dog. Some things are popular. <laughs> uh, You're the poor man. Shut they, up. They, this was actually a, I mean, there was a dark horse series like many years ago that tag and bank and, and yeah. they were on the peripheral of everything that happens in the original trilogy. Like they're the explanation for most of like, everything that happens and you know it's a parody series and this is they're doing the exact same thing so i I mean they are for phineas and ferb definitely ripping off the idea from tag and bank but that's my gripe i'm just hoping for some wardrow hood (laughs) wardrow hood so that's that's all i'm hoping for so far probably overall the best crossover of cartoon unrelated cartoon with star wars has to be muppet babies (laughs) i'll agree with that (laughs) Um, go figure they're, they're they're both under the same roof now (laughs) right muppet babies crossed over with star wars back to the future raiders of the lost ark all the big ones they got away with it everything but that's jim henson for you yeah mark you got to youtube that it's good stuff i mean it's simple but you know it's it's nice yeah it's cute it's muppet babies i gotta go (laughs) (laughs) okay we're talking about disney how about theme parks we got a bombshell dropped the thing that we have been talking about since day one of state of the empire since before state of the empire yeah since proto state of the empire happened there is a Star Wars theme park coming. Uh, not a full theme park yet, but uh, enough. Uh, just to start, anyway. George Caligridis, the guy responsible for bumping up California Adventures attendance 23% with Cars Land, has moved to Florida to do the same thing and more. He's bringing Cars Land to Hollywood Studios as part of a big revamp, and this revamp will include a Star Wars land. For all you Disney fanatics out there, real quick, Cars Land is going to replace the Lights, Motors, Action, Auto Stunt Show, as well as Catastrophe Canyon on the southern edge of the park, uh, providing an extension to Pixar Place, 
which could be further expanded by the removal of the backstage tour. The Disney MGM Studios that we grew up with is gone, but that's okay because the park is dead, so they really have to do something. Well, you know, in, in, in all due respect, the, the backstage tour, it was old, you know? Yeah. It, it was showing its age. It wasn't the same anymore. It's like, like I remember being young and going there, and you drive past the uh, uh, the ship from Flight of the Navigator, and like, and this is the ship from Flight of the Navigator. Now... They don't even talk about it. It's just that's what's that weird thing, mom and dad? It's like, oh, that's before your time. It's like no one, no one cares or whatever. Yeah, and there's barely I mean, anyone on. As as the appeal of movies themselves has sort of died off in like current society. I mean, there's no appeal to that park. It's kind of just something that yeah. it's like, oh, here's a park about stuff that I watch on Netflix. Here's the house. <laughs> hey, it's like, it's, do you want to go to a less crowded park, kids? <laughs> <laughs> and here's the house from Ernest Saves Christmas. <laughs> And here is the steamroller from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I love that shit, but you know, no, you know, no one younger than me really does. So I understand. But the lights, motors, action thing is new. That was like eight years old. I, I'm yeah, not that, sure. That was a transplant from uh, Euro Disney. Yeah. So uh, them getting now, I can see why they might want to get rid of it because. That shit's expensive, yo. I mean, like, they literally replaced the tires for every show. Whoa. Yeah. That is expensive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they replaced the tires for every show. These are all custom-built cars. They're, the fuel, it needs a fuel like a, oof, like, like, like a stunt car. You can smell it every show, how much fuel they're getting rid of. Yeah, I mean, and they're all Ridiculous. professional stunt drivers. You got to pay all of them. Probably hazard pay as well, because there's explosions and shit. I mean, it, it's probably a very very expensive show it's been a full house every time i've ever gone for that for that stunt show and it's a great show but if it's about making money that's probably the first thing they're going to cut makes sense well star wars land they're suspected to be placed either in the area between star tours and the auto stunt show stadium including the muppets theater and honey i shrunk the kids or possibly expanding the other direction taking out the backlot express restaurant and indiana jones stunt show theater but it's most likely going to be the former. So we can say yeah. bye-bye to Muppets and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Which is a shame because Muppets, uh, you know, I, I, there's been times I got, I've gone into the Muppet uh, show and kids that are saying, hey, what's the Flight of the Navigator bullshit? Laugh their ass off at, at the, the Muppets. Like, it's a, it's still a crowd pleaser. But I can see what they're thinking. It's a little old, you know. And But the Muppets are a hot property, so they deserve some presence there. Uh, maybe, maybe a new maybe, presence Maybe altogether. they'll build it around it. Like, I don't mean, like, literally around it, but, like, maybe the Muppets thing will be, like, on the border stick Yoda or something. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm having trouble letting go of the Muppets, but it, it's probably going to happen. So. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did something new with the Muppets at some point. That would be great. Like if they just moved yeah. it to another part. But, you know, we'll have to see. I yeah. mean, Disney's pushing for I the mean, new the, films and the, stuff. The Muppet 3D theater in um, Disneyland often gets like co-opted by like special like presentations, like sneak previews to like whatever Disney's upcoming movies are coming out. Huh. They like to use it as the 3D and everything. They do a lot of like 4D effects to really enhance it. So because Disney's already like constantly co-opting that, I would not be shocked if they're just like get rid of it completely. So I don't know if they'll be moving it. Okay. Another little hint to something that could be happening is last April, Disney and more reported that a restaurant modeled after the Star Wars Cantina was being considered for Disneyland Paris. It's possible that this could be a multiple location renovation the same way that Star Tours The Adventure Continues opened at several Disney parks around the world in 2011. If the French get Moss Eisley first, I will flip my shit and <laughs> go to war. Uh, <laughs> Why don't you just buy a plane ticket? You don't think the cantina is, is a perfect setting for Paris being the most wretched hive of scum and villainy on Earth? Then <laughs> <laughs> you definitely won't understand the language. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no subtitles there. Uh, anyway, this is looking like a five-year project, and it's going to complete in 2018. 
Good thing this is speculative. (laughs) (laughs) I I just can't wait to hear more. I just want to hear more about like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this ride. We're going to have an Ewok cookout. I don't know. Like, I I, I just want to hear something. I'd like to go to that Ewok cookout. Can we uh, rewind just a little bit? (laughs) Are we cooking Ewoks or are we cooking with Ewoks? Uh, In my head, we were cooking with them. I don't want to eat an Ewok. That thing's probably gangly and gross and... (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Pop Lou looked pretty plump. Uh, you got to shave the Ewok first. I mean, that's gross. And then uh, that's no, that's no good. good. (laughs) This Moss Eisley Cantina restaurant. I don't know what excites me more. The prospect that the poor, the employees might have to hear the same two songs (laughs) (laughs) or if they'll do new compositions for the cantina. Oh, they'd have to. I mean, they're Disney. Of course, they're going to, you know. Does anyone here remember at, at Magic Kingdom when they would have in, in Tomorrowland, they had a little robot guy pop out of the ground in that area who did like the in the Starlight Cafe or whatever, come out and sang mm-hmm. a couple songs. He was a robot. The animatronic just came out and he played like a little piano thing. You could easily replace that guy with Max Rebo. It's not unknown for Disney to have a restaurant area and have animatronic entertainment that literally rises up out of the ground or through the wall or whatever. Yeah. So why not have the Max Rebo band just rise up on a platform. They do a couple numbers, just animatronics. So every once a day or maybe five times a day, whatever people are going to come in. They're droids. Their- so you, they won't serve their kind. Yeah. Here. <laughs> but they'll be creatures, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll look like creatures or whatever. So, you know, you're going to go in there and be like, oh, wow, Moss has a cantina. And then like maybe every hour or whatever, they come up out of the ground, play a couple songs, disappear. You know, or you get the uh, uh, the Motorola's come in, do mm-hmm. a couple songs, of course. You know, I'm reading Max Rebo's Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I'm going through the behind the scenes, and it just dawned on me that he's like almost exactly like Hooter from Captain EO, like same color, little tiny elephant. Oh wow! Oh yeah. True. Well, I thought Hooter was green. Um, yeah, I guess Hooter is. I'm trying to remember Hooter. It's been a few months since I've seen Captain EO. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought when I saw Captain EO. I feel that's, once again, good enough explanation for me squeezing Captain EO into the Star so Wars. So wait, so banner. maybe, so are, do you mean to say that you would think it's a great idea that aside from Max Rebo and the modal nodes rising up out of the platform, then maybe once a day or once a week you get Captain EO rising up out of the platform doing his song? Oh Animatronic gosh. Michael Jackson? That's where that he would. belongs. <laughs> We need the animatronic Michael Jackson doing a song and dance at Disney World. That's that's his that that's where he will. That was his destiny all along. That's his that destiny. <laughs> so I'm going to talk. He's about... more machine now than man. <laughs> <laughs> so that that sounds like a segue for a song. Uh, Kirby Crackle recently did an album called Sounds Like You, and uh, the track is called Moisture Farm. Isn't that right, Mark? That is correct, and that's about the extent of what I remember from the one time I've heard it other than it was my favorite song on the album. (laughs) (laughs) That works. Sounds Star Wars theme to me. Is that correct? Correct. All right, let's play Moisture Farm by Kirby Crackle. I got a job at my uncle's moisture farm. I got a job at my uncle's moisture farm. And I just harvest that shit up, harvest that shit up.
It's Willow Watch. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Let me tell you where we're at right now. Yeah. I spoke to someone. This was serious. Guys, I spoke to someone. I have it 100 per fucking cent confirmed. Willow was transferred to Disney with the other Lucasfilm properties. Willow is owned by Disney. That is 100% legit. Holy shit. Yes. I don't know what to think. Do you think they're going to do anything with it? Uh, I think their chances of them doing it something with high, it is well, higher than before. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's higher than before. That's for damn sure. Uh, are they going to do anything with it in the next five years? No. Might they do something with it in the next ten years? Yes. But I guess work. You know, War- here's the thing. Warwick Davis kind of a hot property right now. The dude has his own television series. Yeah, uh, he is man about town. He's the voice of Star Wars. Like he is known for interviewing other Star Wars glitterati, and people know the dude. Like people like him. Yeah, like, I don't know a single person that goes, "Man, you know what? Fuck Warwick Davis." Is Ron Howard's plate a little full right now? That's a little full right now. But if if someone said, "Why don't you know we can we could actually do Willow?" I know George has all these notes. You guys have the notes, right? Yeah, we got the notes for Willow. That got all got transferred. Kathleen's got it in a file. Somewhere we can pull it up, no problem. If the people who can make the movie want to make the movie, they can totally make that movie now. Well, that's they don't have to Colin ask anybody. Trevorrow to direct the new Willow movie, <laughs> <laughs> or Matthew Vaughn. He's good at ensemble pieces. Let's get him to do the new Willow movie. <laughs> Joss Whedon's too busy to do the Willow movie. Willow movie. Will a television series, whatever they want, they can totally do it. Peter Will Jackson's you? good at directing little people. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get him to do the new Will <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Sorry. It can happen. That's all I'm saying. It's it's more likely now than ever before, so, which, is, which is good. It's enough yeah, to get me excited. We've been wanting to know yes or no on that fact uh, for a while now. And we know. Uh, and now we know. That's big. That's a step. I don't know that we actually have anything else that we can say about Willow. You know, like the Willow 2 joke happened on the Life's Too Short special. I think we covered that last time. And uh, that's what we've got. Edgar Wright is directing (laughs) Ant-Man. Maybe he's good at directing little people. Edgar Wright would be great. You know, he'd be great for everything, but he would be great at doing Willow. (laughs) He would treat it respectfully. And most importantly, (laughs) he knows some people who would be very funny additions to that cast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let's oh. put the new scotty in the willow <laughs> get permission from jj first <laughs> what do you think jj will try to pull in any of his usuals into into star wars into star wars that's a good question simon Pegg. i mean he loves it we all know that yeah keith urban was i mean not that an actor's opinion is something that actually sways the companies uh, off the C- carl urban keith urban would also keith- be interesting <laughs> carl urban yeah, yes carl oh urban. my god keith urban god fuck uh, <laughs> please let that never happen um <laughs> um carl urban carl urban he sees very much against the idea of having star trek actors in 
Star Wars movies. He which, just, which he, is which is just, a shame. First of all, because I like him. He's a great. He seems like a great guy. I think for him, it's just practical. He's like, we just we simply can't do it. There's people. I, people I, are confused. I, I completely as, understand yeah. where he's coming from. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I understand, and I kind of do agree with him that he shouldn't do it. But there's a small part of me that says I want to see him in it. Because oh, do you oh, know what this would mean? By the way, we should probably end Willow Watch. Is Willow Watch over? We'll see if we loop back around to it, but we'll, we'll end Willow Watch. Okay. It's a shame that even though I, better judgment suggests, yeah, we got to keep it separated. If Carl Urban was in Star Wars, he would be the nerd trifecta for Star Wars, <laughs> Star Trek, and Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's wow. true. And Judge Dredd, if you count four. So that'd be four. He's in like four major nerd things. Five if you include Doom, but I'm not going to include Doom because that wasn't a very good adaptation of that video game. So he would have done comics, novels, TV, movie, video games. I think he should do it just to just to just so someone gives him the nerd award. He's king nerd. If, if he could do that, but, unexpected uh, king nerd, unexpected, unwanted. Simon Pegg yeah. is sitting there crying beside him. Yeah, <laughs> should have been mine. <laughs> yeah. But but you know it, it shouldn't happen because yeah, mixing because he's he's bones. He's not like you know he's not some guy in the background of Star Trek. So eh, but you know even if if we were just looking at him, he's dynamic enough an actor that he could yeah. pull it off. Like I, I remember telling my family, it's like like my dad's a huge fan of, the, of Star Trek, and I'm like, yeah, you know, Bones there, that guy, that same actor, he played Faramir. He's like, what? No, he didn't put in the DVD. I'm like, look at him, it's the same guy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now, then he also did Judge Dredd. Really? That was him? I can't really tell with the helmet on. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's true, you know. And you know that Gandalf is also Magneto. What? That's crazy. <laughs> it's never ending. <laughs> oh man, your dad sounds like he's just got such a such a life filled with surprises. <laughs> oh no, he's a great, he's great because he, he loves. He, he's the reason why I love movies and Star Wars and Willow and all that stuff. So it's great to be like telling something he doesn't know about Star Wars or Willow. That's, that's awesome. I love it. Coffee can also be decaf. <laughs> <laughs> So, in 1981, George Lucas, Lawrence Kasdan, Richard Marcond, and Howard Kazanajang. <laughs> That's got, that can't be right. No. I, Howard, the, not the duck. Yeah, not the duck. Not, not, not old Howie the duck. Um, they mapped out the Star Wars prequel story and the fall of Anakin Skywalker during a story conference in what was then titled Revenge of the Jedi. Huffington Post recently posted a portion of the dialogue from that meeting as seen in J.W. Rensler's upcoming book, The Making of Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Hmm. Rensler is an important figure in behind-the-scenes Star Wars stuff. You may recognize his name as the guy who's working on the script for The Star Wars. Oh. Uh, and oh. we're going to hear some even more about the stuff he's been up to shortly after we talk about this particular meeting, where we hear some interesting discrepancies between what George was planning in 81 and what actually happened in the prequels. Mm -hmm. While some things happened exactly or similar to how they ended up going in the prequels, other stuff is very different and more like the prequel films we grew up expecting with Lucas being the voice of reason of some surprising topics in this discussion. Bummer alert. He describes Palpatine's place in the Senate and how he seduces Anakin and subverts the Senate just like in the films. He also described the death of Anakin and the creation of Vader similar to both what we grew up knowing, uh, like, you know, a fight in a volcano is what we were told and what appeared in episode three. However, he describes the Jedi dying over time with Anakin doing this in secret for a longer, darker turn for him, not just like, oh, one day it's all over. And it's not, so apparently it wasn't the troops killing off the mm -hmm. Jedi, who scammed himself. 
Yeah, it was it was actually Anakin as a betrayer of the Jedi over a least substantial period of time. And uh, Ben finds out Anakin's still alive after the fight, goes to Anakin's wife, who was then unnamed, tells her everything, and they agree to go into hiding and split up the kids. She doesn't die until she's on Alderaan, which Lucas says, we can bring that out when Luke is talking to Leia and she can say that her mother died when I was two years old. Hmm. So in Luke's mind back then, there wasn't that whole convoluted... Died during birth. From yeah. A broken heart. Well, because Leia, because even Leia said, I remember her being young, but sad. Yeah. Like, I, I remember being young and I remember my mother, she was, she was beautiful, but very sad. Yeah. That we, seems to fit right in with that. Right. That and, and that's, and that's really powerful. Yeah. Unlike what happened, which yeah. is unfortunate because he had the right idea. This is from his mouth. This is, this is not like Kazdan informing Lucas of anything. This is Lucas informing them. Yeah. It's too bad. And then Kazdan asked who the force was available to. Uh, and Lucas says, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just Jedi. He says, like yoga or karate, anyone who takes the time to learn it can do it in some capacity. Which is how it should be. Yeah. yeah. It's, again, something that's more beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, something people can actually get behind than midichlorians. Well, he didn't say midichlorians were only exclusive to Jedi. They're in everybody. Right, but midichlorians kind of implies that you are born with the Naturally amount of Naturally predisposed to, to being right. more than whatever. I mean, there's four sensitive people. People yeah. that, are, that have a natural... Well, just like there's creative people. People are more attuned to being creative or physically fit. Do I got new due to the goddamn hard truth yeah, but, about but, midichlorians but, now? Hey, but, but, well, maybe, but I mean, the, the fact is, Doug, I don't, I don't like put a thing to your your finger, and all of a sudden, I can see how creative you are, measured in in microorganisms. Uh, you've Not never been yet. to the Scientology Center, <laughs> so you shut your mouth. <laughs> Um, Yoda, according to George, was meant to be a guru, not a fighter. Quote, he's... Well, he fucked that up in two. I'm I'm welling up. I'm welling up over here. He's a teacher, not a real Jedi, is what Lucas said. Uh, Kashdan says he can't believe it, and he's actually in shock. He asked if he'd be any good in a fight, and George says, well, not with Darth Vader, he wouldn't. To which Kashdan said, I accept it, but I don't believe it. God damn it! From what I've heard, the Yoda fighting in episode two was like Rick McCollum's idea. Really? So... Yeah, just to kind of this push of like, oh, we need to make it like, you know, badass and accessible to young people and all this other kind of thing. And I, I wonder if he ever did stick to his guns on that. Wait one, a minute. Just he was just like, yeah, why not? He fights now. So so people have been saying that George, his downfall with the fans not liking him mirrors that of Anakin. Does that mean that Rick McCollum <laughs> is Palpatine? <laughs> I will say one of the most encouraging things has been uh, McCollum kind of essentially being let go by Disney, even though they kind of said that he was retiring or whatever. When the New so. Republic takes over? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Empire Falls? They actually, they actually threw McCollum down a... Uh, <laughs> That's how they say you're fired at Disney. Just they throw you into a pit. <laughs> and uh, J.W. Rensler, cool guy, he unearthed a long-rumored blooper reel from a new hope while digging through the archives for his making of series which that, that's where the conversation that we just heard about is from rinsler screened it for the first time in 36 years at comic-con for quote a small audience i was at comic-con this year i didn't know about this fuck my life well <laughs> the small audience may have just been like you know what 20 people you know like i'd like to imagine that the small audience was just he grabbed a random person in the smoking area pulled out his mobile phone and said hey kid watch this 
<laughs> Due to copyright issues, uh, people couldn't film it or anything. And and that I've seen I've seen stuff at Comic Con before in, in previous years that um, they were like, we, we can sh- we can show you guys this, but we can't actually the legalities of ever putting this on like a DVD or something is very unlikely. So treasure this moment, right? So I've heard mm-hmm. this speech before. Allegedly, that was the case with the with this footage, and all of online was being like, okay, you're not going to see this ever. You're never going to see this again. However, eventually, it was said online. Leland, keeper of the Holocron Chi, said these videos and many more will be included on the enhanced edition ebooks for all three of Rensler's classic trilogy making of books. They're going to be released on October 1st, the same day as the Making of Return of the Jedi hardcover releases. So we can see all this stuff on the ebooks. Fucking sweet. We'll see things such as Harrison Ford eating his headset mic after screwing up. Great, ki- great shot, kid. It was one. That was one. Great shot, kid. That Eat was one in a million. Ah. Eat your microphone. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Anthony Daniels as C-3PO struggling for several minutes to get to the top of a sand dune and falling over the top of it. Derp. <laughs> and Alec Guinness getting hit in the head with Chewbacca's arm <laughs> and other stuff. So look forward to that October 1st. Really glad. That uh, despite my initial fuck my life reaction, we get to see it. That's great. Uh, I heard they're also going to be re-releasing Blu-rays of the original trilogy. Really? I haven't heard this. From what I understand, there's no new bonus features. There's no new anything. They're just repackaging it. I don't know why they would do that. Yeah, why would they do that? I don't know. But there was package art online. That's weird. Lap a Disney logo on the packaging? Maybe. Uh, But uh, is that really worth putting it into production again? That is really more common than you'd realize, not just DVDs, but in making records and making anything. When ownership changes hands, the owners are happy to advertise that. Hmm. Which that, is one of the things that made us confused about Willow, actually, because when Willow got put out on Blu-ray, Disney's logo wasn't anywhere on that. So we were like, right. oh, man, maybe it's like indie. Maybe we won't get it. Right, right. The Willow Blu-ray was probably in the works for a long time before, you know, before they even announced uh, that yeah. whole thing with Disney. So Indiana Jones, we're assuming, is still with Paramount then. If that, if, if, it, is, it is a joint partnership, and so they, they don't have exclusive rights on Indiana Jones. Okay. But theme park rights, obviously, because they got the stunt show and yes. the ride. Yes. Okay. I'll have to keep an eye on that one. Exactly. Uh, so we got to give some shout outs to people right now. We got some lovely support in this month of August. Caitlin Kruger threw us some money, and she said, more Pokeballs, mo money. <laughs> Big Bad Shadow Man said, this is for Pokemon. Also, I will do Hex's little Toxard thing. Aw, yeah. And he did. We, uh, we got a competition going on for uh, Pokeballs of Steelix designing the first brand new Pokemon that Hex created for the show. And uh, it's called the Toxard. And we've got two entries so far. Big Bad also hit us up again. Five bucks for the awesome new Ghostbusters episode. Oh, thank you. Scott Parrish said, just discovered you and I'm loving Nerdy FM. Yay! Yay! Nerdy.fm is our 24-7 nerd music radio station. If that is not bookmarked on your web browser or your cell phone... You're making us cry. Dude, you should totally check that out. It is all the best nerdy music from all the coolest artists. You gotta go there. Just do that. Do that. All the best stuff we have the rights to. Yep. Improve your life. Mauron (laughs) said, drink around to celebrate my wedding, which was August 10th, or just roll it into the support drive. That's cool, too. He sent us some support money. Mauron. Yeah. Congratulations yeah, to you. I had no idea. I'm going to drink a toast of maple syrup in your honor. He's a syrup man. He collects syrup in the, the Great White North. And if there was a wedding song instead of a birthday song, I'd sing it. Happy marriage to you. Maybe, maybe the Ewok Happy song from What this. do people play at Star Wars weddings? I, Yawa, I imagine that. We got Noah. <laughs> la, 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 blah, blah, blah. Ewok, Ewok song. song. 
<laughs> Celebrate the love. <laughs> Consummate the marriage. <laughs> My wife is gonna kill me. <laughs> Embarrass the rest of my family. Something like that. That's how it goes. Congratulations, dude. Seriously. And thanks to everybody for supporting us. Uh, Nerdy Show, State of the Empire, and indeed the entire Nerdy Show network, all the programming we put out, is totally listener-supported. We have a minimal quota that we need to make every month to just get bare-bones costs of server space and electricity and all that stuff. You guys make that happen, and um, if you love Nerdy Show, spread the word. Tell your friends. Tell your friends' friends. Drive over to a stranger's house. Knock on their door in the middle of the night. Tell them about Nerdy Show. Tell them to get on the forums. If you guys aren't on the forums, get on the forums. Talk to us. We're in the forever alone zone. We need comfort. We need constant mm. reassurance that we're doing a good job. Yeah, Matt, you know what's up. You know about the forever alone oh, zone. Oh, I know a lot about forever alone zone. <laughs> <laughs> That's where Superman's dad sent all those criminals. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so you guys, you guys, we are listeners funded podcasting and you make us possible. So any little thing you can send us, we send you cool stuff in the mail. If you say something about us, uh, when you submit something to us, we repeat it here and talk about you. You know, we love you. Help us love you more. Oh, so you think loneliness is your ally. (laughs) I was born in the loneliest forever alone zone. (laughs) (laughs) By the time I first kissed a girl, I was already a man. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. He broke Hexbane. <laughs> That's my goal every time. You can't tell by now. That's ultimately what I'm doing. I gotta play to an audience, man. I just wanna say, as far as speculation is concerned, I think this first episode of Rebels. Just thinking about it now it is probably one of the most important things because it, it might have a lot to do with what Kinberg wants to focus on in his spinoff film. So I think we'll get an idea of what kind of Star Wars spinoff we can expect it, based it, on Rebels. It's also the first major thing that we'll see Disney, like the first thing that Disney is going to be taking that we're going to be like, all right, Disney, what are you going to do with Star Wars? Now that right. you've got it, let's let this is the first product that we're really going to be seeing. So. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting uh interesting to look at yeah and we've got we have a a young man and a young woman in that cast list uh, we have two young women actually and at least one of that pairing is going to be somebody's kids it could be luke's kids it could be han and leia's kids i don't know but they gonna be somebody's kids I think well, everybody's that, somebody's kids <laughs> <laughs> i just think that that's what's going to happen mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's generally what you know what what will make sense there if, if, if i was a bet man i would say it's probably han and leia's kids um because luke's kids the whole Jedi, I don't know, uh, that, that people are, are assuming that Han and Leia had kids, because come on, man. Yeah. You know, look at him. <laughs> Does Han really look like the kind of guy who's all about the, say, space prophylactics? No, <laughs> no way. That's the same, man. Like Han Solo is a bareback man. <laughs> oh. oh, my. Unless he's inside of a space worm. You know. <laughs> Or the space worms in him. So, oh, oh. Be careful, man. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, but Chewie is also a bareback man. <laughs> it gets lonely and cold in space. Uh. <laughs> you put your Star Wars on my Star Trek. It's very cold in space. <laughs> it's very cold in space and it inspires many homoerotic fan fictions. <laughs> yeah, just uh, type in Han Solo backslash Chewbacca into Google and just read some of the fan fiction that comes up. You'll see plenty of the in fact, send us your favorite no. and we'll read it. 
<laughs> I would like to read that aloud. If you, yeah, if you <laughs> donate, to don't myself. Just donate to Nerdy Show. Any size contribution with a link to your favorite fan fiction. We'll have to read it. <laughs> Come on, guys. Will we not have to read it if you send us money and a link to a Star Wars fanfic? We don't have to know where it's from. Maybe yeah. you wrote it. Maybe someone else wrote it. Right. You know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Just uh, uh, copy and paste into the email. And uh, Yep. Info at nerdyshow.com. <laughs> with your donations. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. We'll see how this goes. This could be disastrous. Or it could be amazing. <laughs> On Chewy and some peanut butter. <laughs> we are truly looking in Alderaan places for Star Wars news. <laughs> if, you, if you find a Slash Willow fan fiction, Hex will match your donation. No, he won't. <laughs> <laughs> he will not. Mad Mod again! <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, thank you so much for listening to State of the Empire. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Frightened. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, I'm Doug. Bye, I'm Mark of the Sea. And bye, I'm Matt. (laughs) They're dying on (laughs) to. Listen to them, they're dying. Curse my metal body. (laughs) I wasn't fast enough. (laughs) Do we have anything we can take this out with? How about just the sound of a shower? And Hex yelling, the dirt won't come off. <laughs> Actually, how about we just play Lopti Neck with vocals for a little bit. We've been using the instrumental for our intro for a while. Yeah. Here's some delicious Lopti Neck by Earth. Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Nerdy Show. Mm. Nerdy Show is made possible by a comic shop, Nerdapalooza, the generous support of sexy listeners like you. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend, Mm. rating and reviewing us on iTunes, making a contribution to our monthly support drive, or just making sweet, sweet love. Any extra-sized contribution gets you exclusive Nerdy Show audio and mm, images and lets you participate in our monthly support drives. Just go to nerdyshow.com slash support to chip in. Oh...
for more episodes of Nerdy Show, as well as other fine, fine programming, community forums, videos, articles, and more, head over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via the iTunes Store. And for the latest news, follow us on all of your favorite sexy social networks. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.